0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another awesome episode, we hope, of Inspiration Point. I am Andrew. I'm Adam. How's it going, dude?
1: I'm doing pretty good, actually. I'm in a good mood. Good moods yeah, are good. I'm in a good mood. I had a nice, brisk walk right before this. I oh, like cool. like to walk down to the grocery store, then get myself something to drink, and then walk back.
0: There you go. Pretty simple I just, stuff. I just spent probably three hours in the pool with my with my kids three hours uh, yeah i got off work and then just took them right over and some blocked them up and chucked them in the water
1: yeah just throw them right in yeah and we were
0: roughhousing i put the little floaties on them and they're um they're getting to the point where they can keep their heads above water and kind of paddle around without me holding them which is really cool i threw my oldest in the water and he's able to go under the water and come back up so that second uh, part's especially important it is most um, kids can do the first part yeah so i so, i was a little hesitant but uh he took it like a champ
1: yeah well good for you i mean i dads have got a rough house with their kids you know what i mean like that's kind of what we bring to the table
0: yeah even yeah, if it doesn't belong at the table
1: well, that's unless your wife's not around, in which case it's fine.
0: <laughs> but my wife might listen to this. So oh. <laughs> I don't do that ever. 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 No. Never. He would ever. never.
1: Never. He would never.
0: Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're getting those steps in, man.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh I got to play D and D last night. Yes, so we did. That's really nice. Well, I say my, me specifically, because oh, I don't yeah, usually yeah, get yeah. to be the one that plays.
0: That's true. You've been run, running I mean, for a few weeks solid now.
1: Running is also playing, but you know what I mean by the difference. It was nice not to prep too much. I mean, it's good to like be able to spend all of your time thinking about one character instead of, you know, 50.
0: <laughs> See, I always thought that that was like your jam.
1: Oh, I like it too. I mean, I keep going back for a reason. Yeah. But it's nice to sometimes just go give your back. brain a break. Like if I if I ever have a character that dies, like I'm kinda sad, but then I'm thinking, Well, what am I building next? Right. And that's also fun. Right. So Yeah,
0: I have the opposite problem. I'm like, <laughs> let me think about one person forever and I'm fine. I'm a I'm a simple creature. Well,
1: really. that should make your wife happy.
0: Yeah. It really does. It really just does. Just think about
1: one person forever. Just one person. I don't Now you need... really can't forget birthdays, you have no excuse.
0: Yeah. I, I just yeah, no excuse. Nope. Uh but yeah. So
1: what about your week? Well, other than throwing your kids in pools.
0: Nothing nothing crazy to be honest. It's been That's nice. It's been a little mellow. Um I've been trying to keep up with the uh with the editing of this show.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I'm Here's hoping it'll pay off. <laughs> the wood.
1: It's already paid off for me, Andrew. Aww. this how I mean this is how we set the tone every episode.
0: It's what we do. If you know, people aren't gotta, grossed
1: out by now, they're fans.
0: You know? And uh it's and not getting we, better, folks. Well, depends on your definition of better. <laughs> it may get way better. Or, yeah. or way worse. Much worse so much worse. Um yeah. oh, I here's something uh this will be an upcoming topic. Okay. However, not our topic tonight. Uh I have been plunging ahead through the uh audiobook for the uh The Monsters Know What They're Doing and mm-hmm. I started part 3 of the of the audiobook and there are three parts, so I'm nearing I'm nearing the end of the book, and man, so much good stuff. I'm enjoying the heck out of that book. So if anyone's interested, if anyone maybe wants to take a look at it before you get to the episode that we do about it, the book is The Monsters Know What They're Doing, and the author is Keith Amon. It's A-M-M-A-N-N.
1: He's not paying us, by the way.
0: He's not. I um, yet authors authors don't make money
1: some do but not me also not an author <laughs> yet you're an author you are an accomplished ar- author
0: that you know I was I was trying to think of something snarky to say to that but I've got nothing <laughs> uh, which may which may say something about my authorial skills um, and if that's not a word it is now because I'm an author so I can do that I can all make words are words. made up all words are made up. That's true.
1: That's another one of our themes. All
0: words are made up. So we'll just say things. So I've been plowing through that book and it's been really good. I'll say more about it when we do the show on it. But suffice to say, I would tell any aspiring GM that it's required reading.
1: Required. Wow. It's Straight a, up. It's already a pretty hard gig to get into. <laughs> like there's yeah. already some, some barriers to entry there.
0: Well, if anything, this book tells you straight up how to effectively run your monsters in a way that the DMG does not. And it's really good at it, but well. I'm, I'm not going to go any further <laughs> into it, but yeah, it's, we we it's really like
1: it good. super in. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Good. I look forward to talking about it. Me too. Speaking of talking about things. <laughs> well, great segue, because that, that never comes up. <laughs> that, that's, you know. Okay, so who goes first, me or you?
0: You do, sir. What is All right. your
1: inspiration point? My inspiration point today is Bartle's Taxonomy.
0: Ooh, I watched a little video about that recently from Extra Credits.
1: Yeah, I recently learned about it. Well, I didn't recently learn about it. The first time I learned about it was from Extra Credits, right? Which is a YouTube channel, uh, which I would highly, highly, highly recommend. They also have... Uh, extra credits for history and uh, like school stuff, because I guess they ran out of game design topics to think about. I don't know
0: how that's possible.
1: They started going into other things and, I, you know, it, it's pretty interesting stuff. But anyway, they got a ton of videos and they're mostly about video games. And in fact, Bartle's Taxonomy is specifically about MUDs. What's a MUD? What does MUD stand for? Actually, it it's what, <laughs> basically a, a text game, right? You remember what MUD stands for? Let's look it up. Let's look it what, up right now. I'm going to look it up. What does MUD stand for? Multi-user dungeon. Boom. There we go. Okay, so can't do graphics, but you can program a multi-user dungeon, right? So if you're like an older gamer, like I've played a MUD, right? We have a friend who's played several MUDs. I've known other people that play them. I tried it once. It wasn't for me. Um, but I have played MMOs and there's a lot of carryover there. In fact, the extra credit video, it mainly revolves around MMOs. So it's like trying to help you understand how to like populate certain kinds of challenges for certain kinds of players. OK, so Bartle is uh, that comes from Richard Bartle, who wrote some of the first MUDs that exist. And he studied players because he did market research like a good entrepreneur. Hmm. And then he wrote a paper on player types based on his findings. So all of his research basically revolved around one central question. And I think this is a relevant question for people that play tabletop games or really any game, right? If you want to design a game for specific people, and I definitely believe in tailoring a game to players.
0: Well, you uh, as a rule... If you're designing any game, you need to know who your audience is going to be. That's yeah. that's a hard and fast rule for sure.
1: Yeah, and not that you need to target everybody, right? Like, we pick our battles. But if you're trying to make a specific experience, yeah, you definitely want to go in knowing who you're talking about and what they want. Yep. Right. And, you know, when it comes to D&D specifically, what's nice is we only have a handful of players, And we can directly ask them what they want. That is very convenient. The hard part is listening and then implementing. Yeah. Well, listening is not even that bad, but it's the implementation of how you do that without alienating each other that kind of represents some some of that challenge. Okay, so the main question again was, what do you want from this game? And he found the players had radically different answers. And so... He came to a couple of conclusions. Number one, that he could not treat all players as the same thing. He he wasn't able to find out what all gamers wanted.
0: That's, it's funny because it seems so obvious.
1: Yeah, it does, actually. But,
0: you know, especially at the time when this was not like a, at least like a widely, I guess, publicized idea. That's like, oh, I guess... Just because you're a gamer doesn't mean you're
1: like every other gamer. <laughs> you know, it's funny because there are a lot of people that like are sort of adjacent to gamer culture. Like, let's say Mountain Dew, <laughs> right? The guys that make... Mountain Dew. I think that they're under the impression that all gamers are the same person, right? They
0: hope that all gamers are the same person cuz that means that all those people will be buying Mountain Dew cuz they're basically
1: beer commercials for teenagers, right? Like Yeah. Everything's like just crazy. It's noisy. There's like girls uh dancing around. There's everything's intense and loud and obnoxious. If you've ever tasted one of these things, they are obnoxious to taste. They're just uh not they're just way too much, right? Not
0: going to lie, when I was when I <laughs> got my first game industry job, I had a I had a literal mountain of Mountain Dew cans on my desk that I had emptied oh, myself.
1: Your poor insides.
0: Hey, you know, when you're in your early 20s, that's true. Your insides are cast iron, baby. It Pretty much.
1: <laughs> or at least your outside doesn't reflect your inside that well quite yet. Quite yet. Yeah. It's coming.
0: <laughs> he said but With yes. a sense of impending doom.
1: Well, I should know. Um <laughs> the other thing that he found other than players aren't one person is that they're also all, aren't all necessarily individual. And when I say that, it's. I mean, obviously we're all individual, right? Are obviously we all have varying degrees of wants and needs in anything, including games. Sure. But he found that he was able to categorize players into four main groups.
0: Thank goodness.
1: Yes, that's much easier to design for, right? Because in
0: <laughs> <laughs> to each individual person, when you've got housing. so. Go
1: figure. After he got done with research, he found it was neither easy nor impossibly hard. How about that? right? So he was able to quantify things, which is what research often does. Now, this is a, it's a social science, so you know, take it with a grain of salt, but okay. So Bartle's taxonomy, by the way, the word taxonomy is basically just like categorizing. It's grouping, it's a big fancy academic word that basically means I put things in classes.
0: Why wouldn't they just call it classification or categorization?
1: Well, I, I think it was just uh some science i don't know where taxonomy comes from all words made up
0: you know like why you got to make but up I, a new
1: word i will say i never heard that word until i got into education and then they had like five different taxonomies i had to learn and i was like i had to like turn to the guy next to me because i came from outside the education world to join it mm. and i and i said what does taxonomy mean and like i was super <laughs> embarrassed right because it seemed like everyone was like just nodding their heads, like "Oh yeah, that's that's yeah." Everyone knows this
0: is going back to back to your uh, deep seated math class issues, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Yes. Yeah. I, uh, no, I'm putting that together now. It's taking us back. Okay, full circle. But, uh, the four the four categories of player types. Here we go. Are achiever, explorer, killer, and socializer. Okay. Yeah. Now I think when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons or various um, other role-playing games, I think that this is relevant. I think there is a strong mix of all four of these types that people have. I think that these kinds of role-playing games tend to gravitate and players that want more from a game than a video game can typically produce. Having said that, I think that players still tend to lean on one of these stronger than others. What do you think about that? Do you agree with that statement I, or...
0: I I certainly agree with it. Um, the the thing that this had me flashing back to was, and I'm I'm actually trying to look it up here. Uh, I believe it was D and D fourth edition that actually made a point of pointing out. I th- I think it actually was four different player types, hmm. and they were. Um,
1: like leader? Wasn't that one of them?
0: Because
1: uh, they had like archetypes for the different classes. Is that the same thing?
0: No, it was different. Or they're
1: speaking specifically of player types.
0: They were speaking specifically of player types. Okay. And it was like one of them was actor. Uh, um, one of them was explorer. Um, Let's see.
1: You could look oh, it up if you want.
0: I, I'm looking it up right now. Uh. Da, 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 da.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, here it is. Cool. All
0: right. We can start recording now. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So, all right, as you bring up, as you mention it, now that we're looking at it, dusting off the old 4e book, the player motivations is what they call it in 4th edition. And the first one is the actor. The second one is instigator. Mm-hmm. Then there's power gamer. <laughs> yeah. And storyteller. Okay. Uh, Wait, Nope. there's another one. Oh, there's several. There's also Explorer. Mm. There's also Slayer and Thinker. Watcher. Oh, yeah. So there's like eight.
0: But this does uh, definitely it
1: incorporates just about all of them. But that would probably be looking. Oh, that's by the way in the Dungeon Masters Guide on page eight. There we go. So th- that way, if you if anyone wants, they can look that up for more specific information for D and D specifically. I knew I wasn't um, making that up. I was yeah, like, you're I'm, not totally I'm, insane. I'm
0: not crazy, I swear. And it's
1: actually extra legitimate that it's in the book itself, right? There you go. And not just like an article. Okay, so anyway, I took, because there's an online test you can take, just like Myers-Briggs. In fact, it kind of gives you a Myers-Briggs-esque you know, experience and readout. Mm. So I got 60% socializer, hmm. but I'm also 60% achiever. So I'm like right in there. I got 47% explorer and 33% killer. Hmm. So I mainly care about, well, I'll get into it. Okay. I'll get into it. Okay. So real quick, you know what? Let me explain it this way. Let me explain it this way. He also created a neat little graph, uh, Richard Bartle. Imagine a cross, right? Uh, You have a, a vertical axis and a horizontal axis. Yeah, your x and y, right? Yeah. So yeah. on your y axis on top you have acting and on the bottom you have interacting. Okay? So those are the two things that oppose each other. Mm-hmm. This is like the new alignment system. <laughs> there we go. There's acting and interacting. Okay? Now on the at- x axis there is there are players and world. And those
0: are players on the right, world on the left.
1: Yes. Players, on, wait, no. Players on the left, world on the right. Doesn't really matter. But in his in the table I saw, it said players on the left, world on the right. Basically, you can act on players or interact with players. You can act on the world or you can interact with the world. And that's how we define them. So players that like acting on other players, guess what that one is? PVP. Yes. Or the archetype. Which one is that? That would be killers, right? Killers. Yeah, killers. People that act on the world, they want to change the world. They want to leave their mark. Those are achievers. People that want to interact with players are socializers. And people that want to interact with the world are explorers. Right. Okay. So I think that that graph is really, really, really handy. So why is this relevant for for D&D? Well, I think if we know our players, we can tailor an experience that helps us You know, give them what they want essentially. And as players, we can help define what it is we want, which is very
0: hard to do sometimes.
1: That can be really hard to do. Yeah, if I just sit there and I say, "What do you want from this game?" That might just knock you out, or that might, you know, cause you to just pour forth from the mouth endlessly. Right. Right. So I think that this test can help kind of set some parameters that are easier to understand. Like I can't design for Andrew because. Andrew's an individual and he cares about so many things and he has so many specific little quirks about him and experiences that define his personality and not to mention his DNA, right? Like, right. you know, we can get really crazy and then I can get in my own head and say, well, all right, I'm just going to design anything and either he likes it or he doesn't. Right. Right. Now, if I design a video game, I have no choice but to do that to a degree, right? I can kind of identify my target audience and then just design for them. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a game like Dungeons & Dragons, I have like five, six people I can talk to. And I can say, well, what do you want? Now, let's say every player wants something different. What do I do? Just screw someone over? You, no, right. I... <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, no. <laughs>
0: no, I mean, I see your point. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely... Yeah, <laughs> affirmative. Do that. Affirmative.
1: <laughs> do that. Okay, fair enough. So... I think um we then like okay I think we have a few of these different types in our group. I'm pretty right? sure we've
0: got all of them. Yeah, I yeah. think
1: that we also can be in different modes of what we want at a time. We have one player who is 100% killer. He only is really kind of interested in combat. He wants to kill crap, although he's starting to come out of that a little bit, okay? Uh we've we've got some a couple of hardcore socializers. We've got People trying to achieve the best things in the game. We got people that are really interested in exploring the world that's been created for them. And I think everybody probably wants a little bit of everything, right? It's just kind of determining what kind of experience that I can give you. So to kind of break down each category a little bit more, achievers, here's kind of a few things that achievers like. Okay, if you have achievers in your group, here are some things to kind of design. So one of them is 100% completion. They want to, as many things as you offer, they want to try all of them. Like when I did that fair for you guys, that little festival, seasonal festival, some of you are like, oh, we, we can pick that and not do that. And other people are like, well, we have to try everything. <laughs> we have to do all of it. So that can appeal to them. There's achievements themselves. Now in video games, of course, you think of like achievements that get unlocked, right? So how do you get, well, let me ask you, how do you think that you could bring that kind of concept to Dungeons and Dragons or a similar game?
0: Oh man, there are all kinds of ways, but really what achievements comes down to is notoriety in some Mm. way. Look at, look at my badge. Look at this thing Mm. I did. I achieved this thing Mm -hmm. it gives you bragging rights it gives you you know Mm -hmm. it it gives you a a trophy case and what good's a trophy if you can't show it off right so if you're talking about a story-based environment where it's mainly your imagination and the only people that could really understand or appreciate this trophy air quotes that you've got are the people that are in your group, and usually those people are involved in the getting of that trophy in some way, shape, or form anyway.
1: So I think that leaves room for really interesting rewards that aren't just more killing power.
0: Yeah, you could go with anything that leans into prestige or making the character seem more important within the context of the world, like maybe the character's awarded a title or or your group gets renowned. Like, renowned systems and reputation, that leans hard into the achiever's path, totally.
1: And if that can be interwoven, I think, into the story, then I think that's even better, right? Like, in in a video game, you have to have pre-generated things like titles. Right. And then they have to basically fulfill a criteria, but what's nice is like in this scenario, I can say, well, they defended a caravan against an oncoming attack, so they're the heroes of the path, right? right? Or the road warriors, right? Whatever it is. Like I can say it's something specific.
0: Yeah, you can tailor any of the prestige that you want to make to to be flavored to whatever specific situation happened. yeah.
1: So in my current campaign, I'm I'm offering players the ability to build businesses and to basically base build. They can build a house. They can build a business. They can trade with people. They can develop trade routes. They can craft items, right? And this allows them to interact with the world, right? Or to act on the world, actually. Mm Because we're talking about achievers, right? Yeah. And when you act on that world, you're changing it right it's right. not going to be the same because you were a part of it some of you have past players that are now like key npcs that exist in the world right yes. leaders leaders of nations like legendary figures that kind of thing right right and that was a, you you were able to do that structures that they built still exist in that world and i think that that adds to the flavor and that sense of like consequence right oh totally and again what's great about that is you know i have more rewards other than gold treasure xp gear right right i can also give you a title i can give you renown i can give you a place in history i can give you a keep i can give you a town if you earn it right right and you, you know that's part of the beauty of this of this game
0: that also kind of goes at least tangentially into um, a problem that a lot of people have Hmm. in the game, Uh, the way the system is made, that as you get up in in level, typically if you're running just straight off the books and you're not homebrewing a bunch of side stuff or whatever, a lot of folks run into the problem of just amassing huge amounts of gold and not being able to do anything with it. They're like, I'm sitting on like... 100,000 gold and like there's nothing i need to buy i'm geared to the nines so what do i do with it all and by the way
1: the 5e book like basically says please don't sell these items at a store
0: right, right. <laughs> like, which which generally speaking i totally understand why they're doing yeah. that they want to make them feel special and stuff and that
1: makes perfect sense holy avengers 50% off Woo! Big summer blowout. I'm
0: going to buy three. <laughs> I'm going to wholly avenge all the things. <laughs> and you can be attuned to three items. So, I mean, it totally works. Yeah. But
1: if you... Is that you, true? Three items? I thought it was two. It's three. Okay. If I'm wrong, hit up the comments. <laughs> hit up the comments. We did it on purpose. We did. It's a test. It's a test. Um, By the way, one of the things that Achievers are looking for, and I think this is really important because you kind of mentioned it, is that acknowledgement of mastery. Yes. They want to know and be recognized that they have done a great thing. Right. Like if you guys, if your party like kills a band of giants and it was like particularly hard, you bring back a giant's head for the town and like hold it up in front of everybody. Someone's got to be called giant killer now, right? Or your party needs to be called, you know, the, you know, giant Bane heroes. I don't know something better than that. Oh,
0: Giants Bane is a name for the ages, man.
1: Yeah, dude. Like, you can't go around with something Bane.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the way to go. Um, so, but
1: yeah. that's but it's important to give your player that recognition that they can see so that it's not just the achievement itself that they gained it, but that they get the recognition for having done so. Right. That's very important. Okay. The second type uh, is Explorer. Uh, this was fairly self-explanatory. They like to explore, right? They like discovery. Yeah. And and that's not just like a new area, although it's definitely that. You know, that could be finding secrets. They love Easter eggs. They love yeah. finding books and learning history. You know, they like. I started wondering, like, where is story in in this lineup? Like, who's the storyteller? Story is interacted with differently mm-hmm. with all four of these things. I find right. right. The achievers almost want to write history. Yes. The explorer wants to uncover history. They want to know about it. Right. Well, and they They want to find secrets.
0: I think they also get a big kick out of, out of feeling like they are the first person to have come across something, uh, or at least the first person in a long time. They, uh, I think it can play into the kind of people who just who enjoy feeling smart and who enjoy like engaging their minds on kind of a deep level and uh, maybe have like a studious sort of flair. Because you really you really get to have this sense of it also plays into a sense of wonder Mm. like explorers like to dig they like to really sink their teeth in. An explorer personality type, especially in an RPG, is not going to be somebody who, um, who only engages with the game on a surface level. An explorer is going to be somebody who is very engaged in the story and in the details of the world. Like, they want to know where this person came from. They want to know, the, like you said, the history of this thing or these people
1: or this place. I definitely, I'm thinking of a specific player in our group. Oh, yeah. And and this guy, he loves front-loaded information. Yeah. He loves exposition. He wants to be told everything. And he does not want to move on until he knows everything about the thing. Yeah. And he wants to know every possibility. So I think he's hardcore and explorer. Yeah. Right. And now that I understand that better, I can under, I can design for him a little bit better. Exactly. Like you, you know,
0: you can't give him enough information.
1: Now there's a little bit of danger here because while you're front loading information to one player, they're having a good time. They're just like eating it up. The player that's not interested in that is sitting through a wall of text. You know, like when you're playing Skyrim and you pick up a book, some people stop and read the book. Some people are like, did that give me a skill point? No, it goes in the back.
0: (laughs) Now, here's, here's something weird, because I find myself falling somewhere in the middle, in kind of a strange place, because on the one hand, I do think that all this information is interesting. On the other hand, I and and this um this may be just because i have add and i don't mean that in a in a joking sort of way like i i take medication for it for crying out loud um but it can mean that when i have a lot of details thrown at me especially fast it's hard for me to grasp all of it and really kind of appreciate it Especially if I'm just hearing it, if someone's—I don't just- think
1: that's necessarily an ADD problem. Not to interrupt, but I—I I don't think that that's. I think it's more of a personality type. Although your ADD probably plays into it,
0: right? I'm just saying but that it's certainly. I don't help.
1: think I have ADD, or maybe I do, and it's never been diagnosed. Right? Like I don't know, maybe. But um, I'm the same way, right? If someone gives me 15 minutes of exposition, I tune out. Right,
0: and it's it's. It's kind of hard not to, because sometimes the words just start blending together and all this stuff. But yeah. your example of Skyrim is very interesting, too. And I hmm. and I wonder, this is what's really making me um, wonder what this says about me, because I will pick up a book and I will read it, even yeah. if it doesn't give me that skill point. But I will read it because... I am worried that there is something important buried in it that if I don't read it, I'm going to be missing out on something.
1: Or you're going to be punished, it, punished right. for it. Maybe. It's like,
0: oh, if you read to the end of this six page book, there was like a secret code on there or like, you know, so you could unlock yeah. this safe that otherwise it's impossible to open. And if you hadn't been so impatient, you would have gotten this cool thing. So I'm like yeah. paranoid that I'm screwing myself if I don't read it.
1: Don't do it. Yeah, I mean, and, and as DMs, we want people to interact with the clues that we've created. And, but I think we also have to say, you know, I'm not omniscient. I didn't necessarily plan this perfectly. What makes sense in my head as the creator is not necessarily what translates to a player like it may be obvious to me and not obvious to you right? right and and i think that that's important to remember as a dm to not be punitive right and i think one day i want to talk about the difference between challenge and punishment
0: oh that's a that's write that
1: down which, which is another extra credits video by the way so just watch that show um but anyway um if a player didn't read the clue in the book and you don't have another path for them to uh, move on with the story or worse yet. Like here's a total noob mistake to make. Okay. Make, you read the book, make a history check. Uh, I rolled one, uh, roll again. Yeah. Cause you have no answer. Right. Right. Like you just painted yourself into a corner because you hinged everything on him making that check. Right. Right. Like don't do that. Don't. <laughs> Definitely have like another way to get in. Right. If, A door won't open because the rogue failed the uh, pick lock, right? Make sure that there's some other way to get there, right? Maybe your barbarian can shove a loose brick, right? Maybe there's a puzzle that the cleric can solve because he's familiar with religion, right? There's got to be more ways through that door, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. There really, as a rule, if you need something to happen in your game if there is something that is so crucially important that it happen in order for things to progress do not have it hinge on chance ever just make the thing happen find a way to just hand it to the party in some way so things can move on because if you have it hinged on chance Sooner or later, what we described with the history book will happen. Guaranteed. Right. So if there's something that's so important that it it in your mind has to happen, just make, just it, make happen. it happen.
1: Yeah. Right. Or at least provide multiple paths, which I would prefer. But let's say that every path fails, right? Exactly. Then at some point you have to just say, okay, um, uh, this is part of your backstory, right? right? And that's another way to weave it in. You can just say, well, this person knows inherently because their father was an Atiyug,
0: right? Well, and that that's a... <laughs> wow. No, not a great Who story. that guy? <laughs> uh, Takes but, notes. You know, that, that comes down to, as a DM, having a good, solid understanding of your... Um, of all the PC's stats... And going, okay, this character has an intelligence of 20. They could and should just, just figure this out. They have a wisdom of blank.
1: So let yeah. me amend one thing here. There is already a lot for a DM to know. And theoretically, it would be great if you were f- very familiar with your player's stats or had notes on it. But it's not bad to ask or to look it up really quick. Right? Sure. Like you could... Let me just add that in.
0: You know, but you could you could just write down player with highest intelligence f- just gets Figures this it out. hint or whatever,
1: you know. At the same time, if you could get them to roll, maybe you could just give them more, right? You can give them the necessity no matter what because you say, well, you're just so intelligent, right? But maybe still have them make the roll. So that way, if they make the roll then they feel like they earned it. But if they don't make the roll, then you just say, "Well, you don't get the bonus information, right? Like there was a little extra there, but you're still so intelligent, you're able to do it." Which just feels good. You got a consolation prize, but you but you as a DM got what you wanted regardless. Yeah. And you should never make a scenario where you as a DM lose. Your monsters lose, but you don't lose. Right. Right. So, okay. That was that was the explorer, right? Yeah, well just a couple of quick notes. Um okay. they like things to be interesting. Uh they also like exploring systems, so they could be very interested in the mechanics of the game or if you make up a new mechanic or if you have a um um like a crafting system, they may want to experiment with that. They may not need to create every possible recipe, but they want to play with it.
0: I mean, really that's especially when it comes to RPGs. Really you At that point, you're potentially, though not necessarily, looking at two completely different types of explorers. Because you have some people who are heavily, heavily interested in lore, but couldn't give a darn about, you know, the way the dice interact. But on the flip side, you could have somebody who doesn't care about the world lore but loves tinkering with the game systems themselves.
1: By the way, if you go into the scenario and you know you don't have anyone who's strong in exploration, maybe not. Don't spend that much time on it because you're going to be disappointed as a DM if you create all of these like little clues and no one cares. Right? That even if they uncover it, they're like, "Cool, yeah." And then you're just gonna you're gonna feel resentful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you, you really because want to go there.
0: prepping for explorers can be time intensive and you you as the dm you want to have a fair chance that you're gonna get some payoff too that the people this is intended for will appreciate it otherwise one obvious thing out.
1: yeah no 100 uh they uh explorers like new uh, environments obviously they like exploring so having a variety of things to visit is good um you don't want to be dragon age too. um you, uh, they love Easter eggs. I like putting in an Easter eggs, so it works out for me. Hidden areas, uh, hidden doors is great, right? Like if you're playing an older version of D and D, and you have someone with de- detect secret doors, like reward them for that, right? Like make that available. Yeah. Uh, and they also like creative solutions to problems, right? Like last night. Now, by the way, you often do this whenever we're in combat scenarios.
0: <laughs> I know where you, you're going.
1: Yeah, like you want to shove people into the fire pit, right? And we yeah. all got to do that last night, and that was a good time. We our monk pushed two people into the lava pit, and then it was like your turn, and you shoved a guy in the lava pit. And then it was my turn, and oh, I shoved a yeah, guy man. in the lava pit.
0: Environmental interaction, um, baby. It's that's the good stuff. That's good stuff. It's the bee's knees. It is. It is. <laughs> All six of them.
1: All six bees knees. Um, It's really good stuff. Okay, so the next one is killer. I wonder There's what actually this is. quite a bit of violence in this game. I don't know if you realized. <laughs> what?
0: Really? Yeah.
1: So the killers, again, they like to uh, act upon players. Now, in D&D, we, we tend not to allow too much um, PvP, right? We don't really want that. But we do have players that like to feel dominant, right? To feel like they are the strongest. Uh, They like to dominate NPCs, and we can allow that to a degree. Yeah. Right? There are players that revel in the destruction of their enemies. And there is this sort of inherent cruelty to killers. They don't just want to kill and overcome the thing. They want to taunt it. They want to dominate. Yeah, They want to feel like their victory uh, is utterly complete yeah it's probably not going to be enough for a killer player to defeat the bad guy they will want to decapitate them and parade them through the street and that could be pretty off-putting <laughs> well I, <laughs> for a I, lot of people i
0: think i think it depends on how on how it manifests like, like to me personally, like if i am if I have a character of fight there's there's definitely a part of me that doesn't that isn't really satisfied with, okay, you landed the hit, here's how much damage, mm. okay, you took the guy out, like I wanna know how this happened, like you know what did the hit look like you know you yeah
1: you want the full you description. want the
0: satisfaction because right. You know you're 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 putting your life on the line it helps it helps kind of realize the stakes too if it's like oh okay, it's numbers, it's blah 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 okay. It, I
1: highly recommend the describing attacks and hits like you say, yeah, I would say maybe dial it back if there are a lot of combatants on the field, right like maybe quick description, sure. Right. You don't need to do a full MK-12, you know, fatality description. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet. Right. But I think... I know you're not saying that,
0: but... Sure. I think the the point you're making about just the, the killer also just looking for, like, total and utter dominance, feeling like they are king of the hill. Yeah. That can go well beyond combat, too. Like, even, yes. even in a story no. context... If you've got, uh, you know, if they, say, usurped a kingdom or something like yes. that, then, you know, rooting out all possible uh, insurgents and things like that and knowing that they—it it, it has—it also has, like, strong control vibes. Like. Yes,
1: it does. So, yeah, because you, you're right. It goes beyond murder and fighting, right? right? Like, it does go into things like— political power, mm-hmm. right? Like if your character gets that title of Lord, like that person wants to make sure everyone knows they are the Lord and not to screw with them. Right. right. They will go full Machiavelli on everybody. Sure. Right. And they will do that hardcore. So it can also go to trade, right? Yep. They may want to corner the market. They may want to dominate an industry. Uh, they may choose to get together with other people in their industry form a guild and then strong arm the local lord to only pay certain prices and not to deal with imports right like there's a lot of fun ways that that killers essentially they just want to put their foot on a thing and control it
0: yeah it's it's interesting because in 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 some ways it has a lot of parallels to the achiever except that the killer wants to achieve. And make sure that someone else didn't. Right. There I think that there's a a degree of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't like this is why I think killer was the lowest for me. Because I that's so antithetical to how I think about things. Yeah. Like, I want us all to win, and I want you to feel good, and I want to feel good. Uh, but maybe I want to feel good in different ways. Like, I don't know. Right. But Um, so I would be really careful with this because number one, PVP, I just wouldn't play with that. No. Right. At least not in any kind of scenario that has like a permanent effect. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say like if a player just says, oh, I, I'm the sneaky rogue and I want to steal from everyone at night. I would just be like, no, you don't do that. Well, why not? Why can't I do it? Because no. Right. Well, isn't that metagaming? Yes. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. Next question. Well,
0: and, and on top of that, I mean, especially in the, you know, oh, it's what my character would do. Yeah, Kinda, no, behind, behind I, that. <laughs> that. That's a BS excuse, and I hate it. Um, <laughs> but on top of that, like in in the case of the rogue example specifically, but this could be extrapolated out to all kinds of other instances as well, The the thief would know oh i'm in this party for a reason i need these people so it behooves me to not do things that could endanger my right. relationship with them they a thief is a it's good like
1: cooperative self-interest yeah a, th-
0: a good thief yeah knows when not to thieve <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right that's why he still has a career and isn't in prison right
0: because right? if he was a complete so- <laughs> unrestrained klepto He'd be behind bars, and we wouldn't be in this situation
1: to begin with. It's like if a player comes up to me and says, "I want to play an evil alignment." Like, I definitely want to see their like D and D resume because <laughs> I want to know if yeah. like you can handle this, right? Like, I want to play chaotic evil. Well, I'm gonna need more information than that, my friend. Well, you like, see, we're, I want we're gonna to to need to do play, an interview.
0: I want to play an <laughs> unrestrained serial killer because, you know, that uh, just sounds fun.
1: (laughs) Right, but if you come to me and say, okay, my character is a serial killer, but he only kills people that are like this, and I promise never to use my powers against the party members in the name of party cohesion. It's like
0: Dexter or something.
1: Okay, maybe we can work something out. Yeah, maybe your character is evil, but he has directed his wrath towards, you know, maybe just hates orcs, right? Right. Or maybe just really hates demons i think we can get it behind that right yeah demon hate totally fine Totally. now fine. it's a great flaw if your character hates orcs or dwarves or elves uh that gives us an arc that we can work with um but you need to be aware that that's the case and i'm not going to let you do unbelievably cruel disturbing things in game mm-hmm. right and that can go to like that social contract aspect we've talked about a lot and right like just knowing up front like I'm not going to let a player rape an NPC. It's just not going to happen in my game. Yeah, that's something. I'm certainly not going to let them do it to each other. Not on the table.
0: I I think all this basically just goes to say that, you know, the the killer archetype in general comes with some pitfalls that some potential. I think all of these do. That should be watched out for that are. That could be more potentially problematic than maybe the other archetypes.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with that. I think they all have problems, but I think Killer has the most. Yeah. I think it, it has the most things that, let's call it problematic, right? Yeah. That we are going to need to have some communication here. But it's interesting that you bring up Dexter, right? Because I think that that's a good example. Essentially, Dexter has like an addiction and he has to like feed it. Mm. So he he feeds it with bad guys. So I think if you have a player and they, like, come up 80% killer, mm-hmm. you have to give them some bait. You have to give them some food to eat on occasion. Oh, yeah. Right? You give them so that guys be great, to stomp. But you can make that guy really bad, right? Really unsympathetic. Right. To the point where the sort of wanton domination and cruelty this player may inflict upon them may not feel as uncomfortable. Right right and you can and i would still talk with that player about boundaries
0: oh yeah boundaries are are incredibly important i i think the other thing to remember too is that with bartle's taxonomy these archetypes were stemming from video games many yes. of which allow you to where where your character kind of exists in a vacuum at least more so than in a tabletop RPG setting. Your character in World of Warcraft exists largely independent of everyone else apart from the mechanical aspects of like if you're on a raid or something like
1: that. But that's like just you don't you don't permanently affect the world for anyone. Right. But, right, if you kill another player, it could be obnoxious, but they do come back to life, they don't really lose very much, right? You know, you've basically inconvenienced them.
0: So, what comes with the killer archetype that Bartle's taxonomy is presenting is more is stemming from the arena of video games. So, you know, kind of so, take it with a grain yeah, of salt.
1: You, you got to be careful here and mm-hmm. and all the, and all of them do. Right. Because yeah. even with like what we said with explore, like the explorer could end up, you know, hogging all of the DMS time and everyone else gets bored. Right. Like, so there's a certain point where we say, well, you have to keep exploring to find the next piece of information. Right. You don't just find the book and it tells you all of the exposition. Oh, that'd be slow right? though. <laughs> Let's not do that. And, and at some point the achiever needs to be willing to leave the dungeon so that we can move on with our lives Right. And not try to move every brick in the wall just in case. Right.
0: but I need to read to the back of every single book because the code might be there.
1: It might be there. Um. OK, the last type is a uh, socializer. This is the one. Well, I was even between socializer and achiever, but the thing still put me at 60 percent socializer first. Mm. So I prop there's probably like a slight lean there for me. But this is a person that is interested in the community aspect. They're interested in the opinions of others, how they interact with them, talking to them. Um they're interested in trading, maybe not necessarily even um dominating trade, but just being able to do it. Mm. They they like that. They are fine with win-win bartering, right? hmm They want to maybe form guilds, create clubs. There's a little bit of achiever aspect in there where it's like, oh, we're we're the whatevers, right? We have a cool guild hall in the town, and that's pretty neat. And this is our clubhouse, and here's our war room. It's cool. This one's my chair. You can tell it because it's got elk horns, right? right. <laughs> like, it's, like, that guy might go off on that stuff, right? Sure. He might be ship- shipping uh, players and NPCs. Um, you know, this person um, might spend a lot of time in out-of-game chat. They may want to write a lot of backstory-type stuff. They might want to keep a journal. They may want to have out-of-game interactions with people. Um, but it
0: is all about the interactions with others. It's, with others. They, they and are that not can also solitary. include NPCs. Right. Absolutely yeah. with NPCs, for sure.
1: Yeah they 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 want to if you achieve the thing that's great but it doesn't matter if no one knows right right so that's that's important to them what was really fascinating to me as i was looking into this is that even in games that don't have story aspects this is still present like even in competitive games like say street fighter or league of legends mm. socializers can still exist because now they're on like the forums yep right yep and they're and they're going to community events and they are, conventions. you know, they're at conventions. Yep. They're dressing up, right? They're, they're part of, they want to be part of that community. Mm. NPC relationships. Um, they're interested in characters, right? It's all about the characters. Yes, we're in a cool setting. That's neat. Now, who is the bartender? I want to know all about them. What's, <laughs> right?
0: what's their name?
1: <laughs> what's their name? What's their motivation? <laughs> what do they fear and hope for?
0: <laughs> and do they have that on a business card that i can take with me for
1: later reference yeah that's the note that they're writing down right like they care about how they feel about things and I the understand. socializer can be very good for the health of um of a d party especially if they like literally play a support class right but it, even if they don't they might find ways to be more cooperative with other players because they're interested in how you feel yeah
0: now here's so. here's a question because sure. we've we've even had a little bit of feedback they're like you guys agree a lot
1: so i have been trying to disagree with you on a couple of small things you've been
0: you've been <laughs> doing well what i'm wondering is socializers are definitely an archetype where it's easy to look at them and go man socializers are great yeah. what are what are ways that socializers could negatives?
1: create problems hmm. <laughs> uh yeah i think that socializers can be too much right if like let's say your dm's your dm's busy he's a busy guy dms and are if never you want,
0: busy what are you talking about
1: what are you talking about you know and, and for me i ask for it like when we do the out of <laughs> game emails <laughs> <You too. laughs> because i'm a socializer too so it's what i want but i also know that not everyone is mm-hmm. and so i would say like okay well, I In fact, I did a thing where I put all your emails next to each other and I showed the <laughs> score and how many like, re- replies we had. And that was not to put any pressure on anyone. I, and I said up front, respond as often as you would like a response, right? So that we can interact as much as we want. That was not to put fire under anyone and say, hey, man, you only have half the replies of this other guy. You better, You're not doing you enough. Better step it up. So I could see a socializer in some cases going, you're not towing the line. You're not playing right. And I don't want to really tell very many players you're not playing right. Yeah. Right? Like, just like, you know, the real life social contract, you can essentially do anything you want as long as you don't interfere with the freedom of someone else. You know, I... And a a socializer can overshare, overinvolve, you Mm -hmm. know, and can be kind of obnoxious, if not, you know, kind of controlled. And socializers can be really sensitive. So if you tell them to shut up in the wrong way, they might not never share with you again, because now they're hurt. So you got to be careful.
0: You know, this makes me think, as we've mentioned before, there's a player in our group who <laughs> does not say much. He's right. he's really chill. And I will I will also say he has he is a person who has never, ever, 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 ever been unpleasant to play with. Ever. No, never. Never have a problem with the guy. And <laughs> there have been times where out of game I have like I've teased him and it's always good natured, but I've poked at him a bit about you know the fact that he'll just stay quiet all the time or like come on man you gotta like bring some energy to the game try to engage like give us something but but i while discussing this i'm realizing i i may be or i may have some of that problem side of socializer in me like i'm guessing that i I probably would lean heavy in the socializer direction and it may work its way into myself where I, where part of me wants to drag anyone who isn't doing that, kicking and screaming up to (laughs) our level where it's like, come on, man, why can't you put out this kind of effort like the rest of us? when you can't
1: force people to put out Andrew. Y-
0: you know, you just can't. And
1: You have to respect that.
0: So I I want to just out loud acknowledge that um that
1: that you were to, wrong
0: to yes, that I was wrong. To <laughs> this this guy maybe come back <laughs> this <laughs> this guy he knows who he is and if he's listening I'm sorry. And the way you play, if you are having fun, you are playing the right way. And we love you.
1: I agree. Just the way you are. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not going to disagree on that one. I agree with that, right? Like, Good. <laughs> <laughs> good, because I'm not going to tolerate any dissonance. <laughs> <That's> um, right. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we appreciate that. And, yeah, it can feel like, hey, man, I want to help you out of your shell. You know what? If they want help, we can work that out. And if they don't want help, that's okay. Yeah,
0: maybe my show is up, nice and comfortable. I've got rugs. If and they're showing chair. up to the
1: table, they're doing that for a reason.
0: Yep. Right. And 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 they don't owe you an explanation of that reason.
1: Which, by the way, yeah. Uh, fun fun fact: when they were when when Richard Bartle set this up, he didn't originally call them achievers, explorers, killers, and socializers. Mm. He actually put them in card suits. Ah. Huh. Like playing cards, right? So the achiever, I believe, was diamond. Uh, the explorer, I think, was spade. Here, I'll, I'm gonna actually look at it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Achievers are diamonds. Explorers were spades. Socializers were guess. Socializers were clubs. No, they're hearts, dude.
0: Oh I, well, I thought a club. You know, a <laughs> club like killers are clubs. They hit people with stuff. Oh, see, hey,
1: club has double
0: oh. meaning. Okay.
1: They're not in the club. No. <laughs> killers and killers want to stab you in the heart. It makes perfect sense.
0: It makes perfect sense. Hearts bleed. They're full the of hearts blood. Bleed. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> it's death. That's where you hit it. That's the target. See? There's a
0: logic <laughs> I promise.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I mean sure. It's all
0: The the instant you asked, I'm like, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. I know. You I'm had a
1: 50 <laughs> 50.
0: I know. That's what made it feel worse. <laughs> I was like, I've got a 50 50 shot, and I'm 100% sure it will be wrong.
1: You know what, man? If you're having fun, you're not wrong. Bam. <laughs> I, the, I, I'm pretty sure that's a logical fallacy, but you know what? We're going to lean into that. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> They're in the club. Club. It's right. Appeal to fun. Hmm. I. <laughs> Perfect. see them add that to the list perfect okay so that is pretty much uh bartles taxonomy i know we've kind of gone long do you want me to ask you the bartles taxonomy questions maybe we can quick fire i don't know or we can move on do it ask me fast okay we're gonna ask you fast okay so which is more enjoyable to you A, killing a big monster, or B, bragging about it to your friends? Just A or B? Every one of these is going to be A or B. B. Okay. Which do you enjoy more in quests, getting involved in the storyline or getting the rewards at the end? Hmm. Storyline in quests or rewards at the end? Wow. I'd say that's kind of 50-50, but I'll say storyline. Okay. Would you rather be popular or wealthy? Oh. In, Some of these are hard. In real life, wealthy. <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> but in a game. But in a game. <sighs> see, it, to me, it, it, it depends on what your wealth can get you. Right. But I'd say,
1: you know. I think if wealth is buying popularity, the answer is popularity.
0: <laughs> you know what? I, I would say, I would say wealth.
1: Wealth. Okay. Interesting. Let's see. Which do you enjoy more in an online game? Getting the latest gossip or getting a new item?
0: Getting a new item.
1: Which would you rather have as a player in an online game? A private channel over which you and your friends can communicate or your own house worth millions of gold coins? The house. Yeah, me too. Uh, Which would you enjoy more as... Yeah, screwed. No doubt. uh, Gossip. Like, shut up. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Which would you enjoy more as an online player? Running your own tavern or making your own maps of the world than selling them. You know what? Let's get rid of online. Let's just say this is D&D, right? Yeah. So would you rather run your own tavern or make maps of the the world and sell them? Tavern. And then what's more important in in a game to you? Is it the number of people that are playing or the number of areas to explore? Areas to explore. What's more important to you? The quality of role-playing in an online game or the uniqueness of the features? The game mechanic. Say that
0: one more time.
1: What's more important to you, the quality of role-playing in a game or the uniqueness of the features and game mechanics? Mm, man, that's a hard one. Role-playing or gameplay, basically, role I think play is what that comes down to. Role-play or gameplay.
0: You know, I always say that if if the context for the fight isn't there, the fight doesn't matter. So I'm going to say role-play.
1: Oh, I so agree with that. Um yeah, fight scenes are boring if there's no drama. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now we'll talk about. If that we're
0: talking day. about a video game, though, I may go the other no, way. No, I may. Dude,
1: just imagine God of War four that fight against um Balder. Right. Dude, it's all about the drama to me.
0: But anyway, um, but Shadow of Mordor, right? Yeah, I care less but it's about just repetitive. that. But give me cool. Fight mechanics, but yeah, 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 go ahead.
1: There's no drama at all in Shadows there, of Mortal. There's not, but that's not why I go there either. There's there's a very bad, boring storyline <laughs> and very bad, boring characters. The but an awesome gameplay. So fun, so fun. <laughs> so awesome. See, it's, it was designed with someone in mind. Yes, it right? was. So it doesn't have to have everything. Okay, so next, you are being chased by a monster in an online game. Do you A, ask for a friend to help kill it, or hide somewhere you know the monster won't follow?
0: You know, I would probably hide and then come up with a new plan.
1: Right. But it, yeah. yeah, I guess you kind of want to solve it yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. You're a player in a game and about to, do, to go into an unknown dungeon. You have your choice of one person for your party. Do you bring a bard who's a good friend of yours and who's great for entertaining you and your friends? Or b a wizard to identify the items you find there, the wizard okay. being honest, being honest, would you rather a vanquish your enemies or b convince your enemies to work for you, not against you b you know my favorite moment in like dragon age origins is when you can convince the werewolves to be on your team. <laughs> That's so cool, so awesome, yeah. oh no, I don't get a bunch of lame elves, womp, too bad. Womp. <laughs> yeah which is more entertaining a well role-played scenario or a deadly battle i would say the well role-played scenario yeah i think we already kind of answered that in fact which would you enjoy more winning a duel with another player or getting accepted by a clan Ooh, the clan you want to get in the club okay yeah see the club but a a clan Andrew let's be careful
0: oh god don't
1: <laughs> we don't want <laughs> no no a, client, a, a, a group a, a clubhouse you might say <laughs> what's worse to be without power or to be without friends to be without friends that's that's just the objectively correct <laughs> answer I picked a power
0: <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs>
1: God, I don't want to be useless to my friends.
0: That's true. It's, now the, I'm doubting you know,
1: my answer. But that's I'll fine. Stick to I, it. I, I, let's not argue about these. I think you're right, no matter what. Would you rather hear what someone has to say, or show them the the sharp blade of your axe? <laughs> well, I feel like I know. I feel like I know your answer here. Say it again. <laughs> Would you rather hear what someone has to say, or show them the sharp blade of your axe?
0: I want to say A, but I need to say B.
1: <laughs> the answer for you is B. It is B. It is B for you. It is A for me. It's B for you. If I have a, vi- a my, we, we covered this this week. One of my favorite things about villains is I get the monologue. Yeah. You, your reaction every time I start monologue is to throw an attack roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is even with the final boss of the last campaign I ran. I thought, uh, here's my last chance before my death, and you went fire, fire, fire. But <laughs> and I was like, well, the game's over. But the, okay, but I I
0: have to. Okay, I have to defend myself on this. The reason I do that with the dragon, with the great old one, every single time you start monologuing. I start convincing I, you. I, I throw an attack because I feel like you are trying to like corrupt me or pull one over. Well, yes, on, and or pull one over on me. And uh. and rule number one: you do not let the demon talk. You shut <laughs> them the hell down, and that's what I freaking do. If the baylor's like, let me. Uh, let me sit down and chat with you for a second. But
1: then I can't tell you my evil plan, and then you can't go on to the next role, or you can't find out where I'm wrong and establish the where character arc lesson getting you've learned.
0: Yourself involved in a situation that's about to get
1: you <laughs> killed. <laughs> I see. All right, let's move on. In, in, in a game, so a new good. area opens up. A new area opens up in a game. <laughs> yes. Which do you look forward to more, exploring the new area and finding out about its history or being the first to get the new equipment from the area? I'd say exploring it, because it's, it's
0: not saying that you'd never get the equipment. It's just saying yeah. being first
1: to get it. So... I I would I would say exploring it. So in a game, would you rather be known as someone who can run from any two points in the world and really knows their way around, or the person with the best most unique equipment in the game?
0: I like the best uh, and most unique equipment. That sounds
1: cool. Would you rather become a hero faster than your friends or know more secrets than your friends?
0: Mm, that's tricky. I part of me thinks faster because it's because it's kind of an evidence of skill sort of Mm. thing like i was really able to nail this um versus knowing secrets it's like okay they're secrets so nobody knows so what are you gonna if you start telling people about it there goes your edge
1: (laughs) so do you tend to know things that no one else does or have items no one else does
0: i guess that kind of goes to the
1: previous question i yeah
0: i i suppose the items but I, i don't know that a or b really i don't know that either of those feel like they really ring true to me but
1: i know when i say items it sounds shallow but an item in a lot of ways is a trophy like when you beat a monster and they drop a big sword that's not just a upgrade it's also a trophy it's evidence
0: oh yeah you walk around with the oh damn that guy killed the huge dragon and, you know,
1: made a shield out of its scale
0: or something. Yeah.
1: Like, when you go to, like, the end of your game and you're wearing your best gear, you're not just wearing powerful equipment, you're wearing a history of your adventure. Yeah, it's all evidence. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, definitely the items then.
1: (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Which would you rather do? Solve a riddle no one else has solved or get a certain experience level faster than anyone else?
0: Hmm. That's an interesting one because it goes to what I think my own capabilities are. And I've never felt particularly strong at, at doing riddles. So I, I feel like if I could do that, that would be really cool, but I don't really see myself doing that. So I, I think I have to pick the
1: other one. Okay. So experience level. Okay. In a game, would you rather join a clan of scholars, a clan (laughs) of scholars? I don't, I've never heard of that as clan of scholars. Hmm. Um, a college of scholars uh. or a guild of assassins. Oh. Dude, for me, that's not even hard. It's,
0: it's assassins. Yeah. It's assassins. It's assassins. Obviously.
1: Like I, obviously. <sighs> I've been to school. Assassins cooler. <laughs> assassins cooler. <laughs> it just is. It's just, that's the coolest thing you can be basically. Yeah. Um, would you rather defeat an enemy or dis- or explore a new area?
0: Hmm. I think explore a new area. Okay. I mean, because defeat an enemy, it sounds so basic. Like just, mm. oh, I just, I got in a fight and I won the fight. La-di-da. But I mean, to me, it always yeah. depends on what comes with yeah. it. If it's like vanquish the evil overlord and then what happens because i did that that's
1: right or this is the catharsis to my entire character story right right is like did i overcome my arch nemesis the bane of my existence you know versus i killed a goblin right right (laughs)
0: like so what 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 do they mean what do you mean (laughs) defeat enemy like how impactful is this i i guess you know if that's the case I'll say defeat an enemy. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if that's the case, right? But if it, like it depends. Okay. So if you're alone in an area, do you think it's safe to explore, or I better look elsewhere for prey? Oh, I see what that's driving at. Um, yeah, this one this one has a little bit more implication. It's
0: safe to explore, or I should look elsewhere for prey.
1: I, honestly,
0: I would say I oh part of me wants to go look elsewhere for prey only because it feels like oh if there's nothing around it makes me feel like i'm in a place where there's like nothing to do
1: Hmm. okay it's an interesting way of answering it yeah so so you look elsewhere
0: because if if exploring if there's like important stuff to find like in a video game if i i'm the kind of person who will look everywhere to make sure i found all the hidden stuff, but that goes back to the Skyrim book thing to make sure that I didn't miss the damn key. And it's just kind
1: of an OCD kind of thing.
0: Um, so.
1: All right. We got a few more questions. Okay. Uh, not, not too many more. Uh, you learned that another player is planning your demise. Do you? And you know, what? I'll probably, I would probably amend this a little bit, but anyway, let's just go with it. Sure. Okay. You learned that another player is planning your demise. Do you, A, go to an area your opponent is unfamiliar with and prepare there, or B, attack them before they attack you? Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I do them both. um,
0: So, choose a battlefield or... Are you Batman or Wolverine? Mm. (laughs) Hmm.
1: I think that's what that's asking
0: wolverine i just
1: <laughs> freaking go at him <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> the best theme song yeah. of all time um you meet a new player do you think them do you think of them as someone who can appreciate your knowledge of the game or potential prey a yeah in an online game would you rather have well okay in a dnd game would you rather have a sword twice as powerful as any other in the game or be the most feared person in the game. A. Okay. In an online game, would you be prone to brag about A, how many other players you've killed, or B, your equipment?
0: Mm, probably the equipment, but if I was the kind of player who would have a freaking head count, probably the amount of players, I mean,
1: you know. Yeah. So, but in D&D, probably your equipment right. would you rather have a a spell to damage other players or b a spell that increases the rate at which you gain experience points X- xp not <laughs> yeah, even a pick question it's not even the power that you get from it it's the options when i upgrade yep. that i really like yep. yeah absolutely i hate levels where you don't pick anything Ugh, that makes me, that's, the a, worst. that's annoying congratulations you leveled up you get nothing it hit points <laughs> You get some hit points. Good job, you did it. Um, let's see. Uh, would you rather? Ha- uh, would you rather have two levels of experience or an amulet that increases the damage you do against other players by ten percent? Two levels. Yeah, me too. When playing a game uh is it more fun to have the highest score on the list or beat your friend one-on-one
0: beat your friend one-on-one because i never get the highest score on the list ever
1: (laughs) i but i can sometimes beat. i'll take
0: the local win i know him (laughs) i'm gonna see him and he's gonna know that i whooped his butt that i that i might uh, not be on top of the list but i'm on top of his list
1: By the way, you know, wherever, I I don't know if we're going to do any way to link this, but we'll try to make this available to everybody. But you could also just Google take the Bartle test or go to matthewbar.co.uk slash Bartle slash. Okay, so I'm going to hit Bartle me. And do you want to take a guess at what you got? I couldn't even begin. Okay. You are 73% achiever. Ah. Achievers regard point gathering and rising in levels as their main goal, and all is ultimately subservient to this. Exploration is necessary only to find new sources of treasure or improved ways of wringing points from it. Socializing is a relaxing method of discovering what other players know about the business of accumulating points, whether their knowledge can be applied to the task of gaining riches. Killing is only necessary to eliminate rivals or people that get in the way or to gain vast amount of points if points are awarded for killing other
0: players. Mm. Wow, 73. That's, that's
1: 73. Heavy. Yeah. So I went 60 socializer and 60 explorer. You went 73 achiever, 53 socializer. Okay. So that's your second 40% killer. I'm actually surprised killer isn't higher for you. Huh. And um 33% explorer.
0: You know, I was I was thinking about this uh, a bit before this, and I think that the type of player I am now has actually changed since college.
1: Oh, probably. Like, yeah, I think me. Too. I've
0: I've noticed recently I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which. Yeah. Oh, my God. For anyone out there who hasn't gotten a chance to play, it just came out on PC and it is freaking phenomenal such a cool game um yeah but as i'm going through there are a lot of these like little hidden things like audio logs and journals and stuff that you can discover and i i realized i found myself thinking back in the day i would have like snapped these things up and and like just read over them and like really thought about them and stuff like that and but now i don't Not not near as much, and I think a lot of it comes down to where, you as well, where we are in life, time is at such a premium that I think I've started leaning into things that can happen quickly. I can get satisfaction Mm, out of gameplay or out of unlocking new things or... Stuff like that, but trying to like decipher this far-reaching backstory with all these little things you pick up here and there, it doesn't grab me as much because time is at more of a. You also premium. have to be able to
1: like pick up and play, and then put down it's, at like exactly. a whim. Yep. So, like the online play that became less and less interesting to me. Like I've I've been a big League of Legends player. I still go back every now mm-hmm. and then. But I really don't like it anymore yeah. because you know, I do it because I I'm basically an esports coach. But I really don't like it because it's like the worst thing if you have a family. Yep, because right? you're locked in for like, what forty five
0: minutes a match.
1: You you can't pause it. Yeah, you're, it's about thirty to forty five minutes roughly. And if you drop, you just you're in your
0: team, your own team will verbally eviscerate you.
1: Well, and the game will punish yeah. you, right? You might get. Uh, banned or uh, suspended, you know, because uh, you, you essentially ruin the fun of nine other people. Jeez. Right. So it's kind of selfish to do it, but dude, you, you hear a crash in the other room and your kid starts crying. You're, you're not going to be like, be right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like You're going to, you have to go take care of it. Right. You know? And you know, if you're a teenager and all you had to worry about was your homework, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but make sure you do your homework, kids. Yeah, make sure, make sure. Very important. So we've already gone uh, pretty long. Do you want to just kind of explore this more, or should we um, move on to your thing and and maybe keep it shorter? I don't know. What do you think?
0: You know, let's let's do it. Let's do it. We can uh, we can do mine because I I don't think that this will go terribly long.
1: Okay. All right. No problem. So
0: let's give it a shot.
1: Yeah, sorry that one went so long, but it seemed like we were having fun.
0: Yeah, we we were. That's fine. So, thank you for for that inspiration point. That was a really good one. And it it makes yeah. me want to go back and look at the what the 40 DMG has in it because I think that Yeah. I would bet that they looked right at Bartle's taxonomy or oh, or yeah. something very closely it's so related and we're like okay let's extrapolate this into the kind of people we tend to see at the
1: table uh, plus they have enough like resources they they could have just started from the ground up yeah um but yeah i honestly if we were to look at it i bet you we could kind of force all of them into four categories
0: yeah i i i'm guessing that they wind up being like subsets of the of the base four um but anyway that was very good inspiration point man thank you for that.
1: thank you i oh well i by the way i was inspired because our players really this week had a lot of introspection and we yeah talked a lot about how we work how we work as a group dynamic and what we all wanted from the playing experience and that's really where it took my head back to this like what do i that central question of Bartle's taxonomy is what do you want from this? So I think it was overall a very good thing. And I think that last night in our, in our game that we played, I think you could feel some of that difference. Yeah. I thought there was a concerted effort to be mindful of one another. Yeah.
0: I, I felt that too. I definitely felt it also just internally in how I myself was trying to play. And it was, That discussion in general was, it, it's it's weird that something game-related can get as intense as it got. It was not an easy discussion to go through, and there were some very, like, real feelings going on there. But there was also some, some real growth that happened that was, um, ground was covered, and, you know, uh, progress was made. Which was really cool.
1: Yeah, I thought it was important to have. I was a little nervous because I was like, maybe this could end up getting into a fight, but it didn't. Uh, not really. I thought everyone kind of handled it well. There was some disagreement. Yeah, but u- ultimately, I think communication happened. Yeah, and that's not a bad. Yeah, thing. Yeah, and
0: I between what five of us? Or oh God, am I might. It's late. I'm thinking six. <laughs> I don't between our group i mean there's a
1: yeah there's six of us yeah
0: i i was think five because it's because the party is there's five, five players yeah <laughs> yeah the dm is at least worth two people uh
1: i'm sometimes a person sometimes when you want to be sometimes um uh, but you know what go ahead what what is your inspiration point andrew we'll just <laughs>
0: keep dragging this thing out all night yeah we um, could talk
1: about it all night
0: My inspiration point is immersion. Mm. And this is... I'm trying to go a little lighter than I did last week. And uh, the game last night and some other things recently have just had me thinking about uh, the idea of immersion and, well, how I define immersion. What is immersion? When it comes (laughs) to an RPG... Immersion is the degree to which you're able to leave behind your sense of self and truly feel that you are your character and are also inhabiting the world in which they
1: exist. So that um suspension of disbelief. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um and I was thinking what what are some of the elements that could go into immersion? Like how are, how are ways I can I can dunk you in the water so to speak that's that's
0: actually the first thing i was gonna jump into so um i've got a a little list and i'll run down the list and then we can talk about it
1: a famous andrew list there you
0: go i i'm finding that i like lists uh yes so an identifiable mini or token so just some some visual representation of your character good maps Voices, music, knowing backstory, and I could also extrapolate that to uh, plot or world information.
1: Now, it sounds to me like you're including both players and DMs in this description right now. There's no separation, really. Or some of it sounds more specific to DMs, because obviously players don't really bring maps. They
0: don't bring maps, but maps, I think, can be very helpful with with selling the immersion uh we
1: definitely had a very good map last night oh it was
0: so cool but we'll we'll come back to that um sure so knowledge of the the world that you're playing in and the important uh characters that are around and um investment so if if you have invested time and energy or sometimes money like actual you, the player have invested cash somehow into who your character is. Maybe you spent extra money on getting a really cool mini or, you know, maybe you made yourself a cosplay costume of your character to help, help you really get in their headspace or something. If you invested something heavily into the game i think that can help with immersion and lastly the the true ability to affect your surroundings so that kind of comes down to your dms or your gms uh level of adaptability in how they let you interact with the world
1: um so i well i Don't, don't put it all on the DM, right? Like you, you have to put it into. Yeah, yeah. Um, But
0: I mean, just the, um, when it comes to your ability to affect the surroundings, that, that does come down to the DM and just the kind of things that they allow you to do. If you constantly find yourself thinking, oh, I want to try this thing. Oh, the DM doesn't let me do it. Oh, I want to try that thing. Oh, the DM doesn't let me do it. And you constantly just feel like you have all this stuff you want to try, but you're constantly yeah. told no. You're being told that you can't interact with the world in the way that you want yes. to, which which can yeah. push you out of the game. Now, they might be saying no. Yeah, that be- could be because frustrating. Because what you're asking is unreasonable, but... Sure. all the same you want to do what you want to do and if you're being yeah. told you can't do it that can yank you out of it but maybe mm-hmm. take a look at what it is you want to do and see if you know if you're getting shut down for a good reason but that's a whole mm-hmm. different story
1: or say yes but right yes, or but. or no but i i should right. say um if that doesn't work but Here's what you glean from that, right? You know, you could give, you could give something. Yeah. Um,
0: in terms of both, uh, good maps and music, yes, these are on the, on the GM's side. Um, music is something that, especially with virtual tabletops, uh, I think we have found makes a huge difference. Like the amount of
1: mood and just, uh, I have to admit, like when we were playing regularly on roll 20 and you were like, dude, you need to bring music. Have you checked out this? You fought me on it for a while. I I did. I did. I didn't want to do it. I was like, no, this group's way more casual. They're not going to be interested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I found I was very interested in it once I started going and I was afraid it was going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like people were going to feel like off put by it, but now it's like, dude, you don't do, you don't not have music yep. on usually unless you're, you're, unless the point calls for it. It's the, it's a rule instead of the exception yeah. now. So I'm glad you really pushed me on that because it really increased immersion for me. And I think for you, I'm guys. glad,
0: I mean, our, uh, one of our other uh guys in the group who is pretty much our our other kind of full-time gm usually yeah uh he he goes he goes
1: bonkers with music and by the way even as a player he sends me suggestions <laughs> he sends me links or he's actually sent me actual audio files like
0: that doesn't surprise like, me okay, one bit
1: like this should be the theme song when this happens and then and sometimes I'll take that and sometimes I'm like eh, it's not appropriate for my campaign but I like it and I'll use it someday right. maybe
0: he he thinks about but. this stuff constantly so yeah. if your game doesn't have music and you're the player suggest it to the dm there are there are a lot of services out there even that are tailored specifically to providing like RPG music. Like they'll have like ambience tracks. They'll have, you know, like a, like a 20
1: D and D itself has produced. Yeah.
0: I I think they had one way back in the day that was done by a group called, I think it was called midnight syndicate. Um, Yes. That's what it was. Yeah.
1: I used to have that.
0: It's so cool. Like that, that was back in like third edition days, wasn't it?
1: It also doubled really well as Halloween music. Yeah, it's really really cool. <laughs> Just play that in your front yard. Yeah, you know, and, and you've
0: got a uh, um, like there were there were tracks that were like twenty or sometimes thirty minute long looping tracks, so you could put it on repeat, and the beginning, uh, I want that, the <laughs> beginning and the end of the of the song are they match up sound wise. So what right loops and it yeah. just plays so smooth and nice. So you play that as an ambience track for like a forest and you just have it on and it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm in the forest. And it's
1: by the way, if you don't have like a big music collection as a player or as a DM, or you're not that interested in it, but a player is maybe consider having them take that job. Like I like the idea of giving players little jobs mm. and you could have a DJ. Hey there, you. You go. know, as long as long as it works for you, maybe you talk about what sounds right, or say, "Hey, man, can you give me like some spooky? You have any spooky?" There you go. Right, and then you play some spooky. All right, nice, perfect. All right, Let, you know that could work. That's a that's a great idea. Um, that would be more for a live game, probably not for roll twenty, but yeah. that
0: yeah, then you're dealing with like permissions and stuff like that
1: thing. Then it, then it pretty much is on yeah. you.
0: So, uh, <laughs> but there are a lot of really really awesome tools to do that music if you don't use it can add a massive massive amount of immersion to your game
1: i mean you're basically telling players how to feel in a given moment oh. and i mean there's reasons why that exists in films and yeah TV if and
0: and video if games. you want to know how much difference music makes to um to to anything go like watch a few commercials oh my god and like and imagine what you're watching without the music and
1: it's just awkward
0: or try like watch the commercial but turn the sound off and like play different music in like your headphones like uh play like the soundtrack from like uh, the movie, Benny the Hill. movie trailer for like a horror movie, <laughs> over oh, right, like yeah. a refrigerator commercial or something, and <laughs> and all of a sudden the refrigerator commercial takes on a whole new feeling, <laughs> a
1: whole new feel. Uh, all right, let's not get too hung up on music, but it's a good point. That's one really good avenue with which to immerse.
0: Music's really good. Maps are also nice. Um, this is actually something where I've kind of gone back and forth with myself on because on the one hand, maps are really nice if you get like some professionally made ones. There are a ton of them out there now um where they can really show you some cool stuff, but it also can sort of fly in the face of immersion and if you are more of a theater of the mind player where you like to let your imagination paint the picture because being deliberately shown okay this is where you are you know that it it takes the imagination out of it
1: There, there is an inherent limitation on the other hand D&D is not really written for the it, theater of the, it of, of the mind. That's true. It it can work, but there are a lot of rules about squares and feet that yeah. Yeah. um, you know, it's meant to I mean, originally it was a derivative of a strategy yeah. game, yeah. right? And so it you know, we can't totally take that out. But if you do, there is something there is something that a book can do and imagination can mm-hmm. do that that a map can't. So, I mean, the point's taken. Yeah. Um Oh, uh, what else we got? So
0: we've got uh, voices doing voices if you can or if uh, also if the DM can 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 add a lot to things doing uh, at, for my character that I've talked about on the show a few times lands of air. Um, he is probably the most extreme voice that I have ever done, and it has helped me get into his head and find his personality so much more than I otherwise would have if I didn't do a voice.
1: By the way, I love looking at my portrait when I am role playing, either as a player or as a, an NPC like staring at the portrait and doing that voice, at least for me, that helps. Yeah. It, uh,
0: for, for a DM, it's much trickier because you're a lot of times you're having to jump between characters and giving oh, yeah. them.
1: And I, I still do it. Yeah. Like I, I know <laughs> yeah. that,
0: and we've talked about this on a previous episode, but yeah, we did. Um, it, it can be really easy to kind of get lost and, and stuff. So, having those cues can help a lot, but voices, voices are really cool. Um, also there are a lot of really great, uh, YouTube videos on that basically give like voice acting, coaching for doing like different accents and, uh, capturing different cultures, uh, with your voice and learning like what kind of mouth, mouth restrictions they'll use and Mm, stuff like that. Out you a know, position. Don't let the corners of your mouth reach, you know, out beyond a certain point, and it'll force your mouth into making these different sounds, which is kind of little tricks like that are very cool, and you can learn them for free, which is
1: really nice. Which is really great. Um, can I tell you something really cringy I did this Please. week? Please, <laughs> <laughs> like if I preface it that way. Um, so, female voices are hard to do for oh, me. Oh boy, uh, um, I. So I try to like lighten up my voice and just kind of speak softer. Um, Which usually is the solid you know, way to go. Yeah. You know, I don't try to make a caricature, caricature unless maybe she's old, right? Then maybe I'll try something. But, um, but I tried doing a thing where I was going to pre-record some dialogue for like a cut scene I kind of had in mind. Oh, okay. And, and I thought, okay, you know, there's a lot of great audio tools out there. I could probably transform my voice into something more feminine. Oh, please, I It was so bad. It was an <laughs> utter failure. <laughs> it did not work at all. I deleted everything. I was embarrassed. Uh, it was awful. Oh, um, man. But I have considered, like, maybe pre-recording my wife, like, just read these lines, please. You know, so that I can get like at least a special moment in a female voice. Huh. If I could have a superpower, it would be to mimic any voice, male or female. I think that would be that awesome. would that people
0: who can do impressions
1: really well. Some people can. They they can jump between genders or sing in different genders. It's, it's pretty amazing. And it's very weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean I like it though. It's really neat. Yeah.
0: I know um like one of my favorite and Im- It kinda weirds me out, but it's yeah, cool. It really is. I I love Frank Caliendo. He cracks me up. Just the way he he just
1: is John Madden.
0: <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Yeah.
1: But I, I've seen like a YouTuber, like it's a guy and he sings like uh Disney princess songs and he's like and it's convincing. Really? Yeah, and I'm just like I don't know how you do that. It's amazing. That's yeah, you
0: know? it, that's got to be like man. That's really cool.
1: I can't do it. I think I,
0: I think I resonate too low. Yeah, the I mean the the amount of vocal <laughs> control that some people have is incredible.
1: Uh, but I did find like five uh tutorials on how to go from male to female or female to male using like Audacity or something like that. Uh. And literally, all of them are like a five-minute video that tells you how to use pitch. Boom, because <laughs> that's it. Just that's all there is. It just doesn't work at all. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't. Every one of those videos is like downvoted to oblivion, too. By the way, this
0: is categorically wrong.
1: So just don't, just don't waste your time with that one, folks. Maybe when the technology gets there, but it's not there it's yet. It's not there yet. Um. So let's see. The well, I just totally elbowed my mic
0: having an identifiable mini or token that's easy enough. That's self-explanatory maps, voices, music, um, knowing backstory and world information. This one is on, is definitely on the player and this one can, it can be hard, but generally the more comfortable you are and the less you really have to think actively about who your character is, what they want, where they are, that sort of thing, the more you have to you feel like yep. you have to look things up or the more unsure you are, the more it's going to yank you out of things and that that's That's a place I find myself a lot of times because my brain is being pulled in so many different directions that a lot of times I just am probably not as focused as I would like to be. Um,
1: I I definitely don't like to have a lot of front loaded information. Like I don't like it when a DM gives me 10, 15 minutes of exposition. Um, you know, that I'm sure that works for some people. I definitely like piece by piece, like slow discovery. Let me master certain concepts and then move on because then I'm going to feel bad when you ask me to recall that information And I don't know it. It's not that I'm not. Well, it is that I'm not paying attention. It's just I don't have stamina to pay attention that long.
0: Well, and I, I, I find even with, um, with my own character where I have pretty much full control over how much information there is about this person, because I'm writing it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I find that. The more intimately familiar you are with it, as you would be your your own person, you yourself, like, I know who Andrew is. I don't really have to, you know, think, like, off the cuff, I know who my parents are, I know who my brothers are, I know where I live, I know where I grew up, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just second nature, as it would be to pretty much anyone.
1: Um are you say so are you kind of like putting the onus on players here where it's like you're kind of responsible for a degree of your own immersion
0: yeah at least when it comes to understanding your character um and and this is also something that like i say i i kind of struggle with sometimes too because there can be a lot to think about but the the more you know kind of off the cuff the more you can kind of just like close your eyes for a second and let you let your sounds kind of uh, um, might sound kind of hokey, but just kind of let your, your spirit just drop into the body of your character and just inhabit them because you feel it. So you're recommending method. Acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose pretty much um, at least yeah. from like a mental standpoint. Um, sure. So there's that investment is a pretty, pretty self-explanatory one, at least from the financial side. But then there's also like, like time investment. Like if you really Mm. spend time writing that backstory or doing certain research or things like that, your, your investment makes, makes this character or whatever you're getting involved in, intrinsically feel more important because you've sunk yeah. some kind of resource into it so it's just naturally more valuable to you um
1: i don't know if i would have thought of investment that's that's an interesting one cool i uh that's a really that's a really interesting one like if you base your character on let's say a gladiator mm-hmm. and then you just say i'm a gladiator that's not going to be the same as looking up how gladiators lived in the Roman Empire yeah. and and what they had to deal with what kind of games they were involved in you know Yeah that that that's really interesting Yeah
0: you know going out there and just being being excited about it enough to go I'm going to maybe go educate myself a little bit more and in in a way that was not demanded of you by anyone but yourself you you invested whatever you're investing because you wanted to which is which is super yeah. key no one told you you have to there was no obligation now we
1: recognize you guys have your nine to five right absolutely <laughs> like you know this is don't so don't get crazy don't,
0: or get crazy if that's what you want to do
1: and, and, yep and if you got a minute you know go yes ahead. but but don't um, act within, you know, within uh, your own
0: boundaries.
1: But also as a DM, don't be like, um, I expect each of you to come back next session with an eight page backstory. Oh. And I expect this to be essentially a research paper, right? Like, don't do that. Would not recommend. Like, people want different things from this game. I think we established that. Yeah. Within. Um, but this is a good way to get extra immersion. Yeah. As you put
0: it, um, and then the ability to affect your surroundings, which we talked about already. So that's that's my my big list of what can get uh, help get you or uh, get you immersed or help you stay immersed. I also have a few things. It's a much shorter list of things that can break immersion. So things to look out for in uh, in a game and and. Full disclosure: This is stuff that I do all the time, that our group does all the time, and that can be. I've seen it in groups all over the place, and it can be very. Um, they can be hard habits to break. But sure, what's the okay, list? It's three things: one, speaking
1: out of character. Yeah, stop doing that, Andrew. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so hard. Um, but yeah, this is very annoying and, you know, I think it has actually led to some of the problems we've had where there was too much, um, out of character speaking yeah. and then your arguments can feel more personal because you're not in character. Yeah, you're talking as yourself. It also just kind of slows the game down. Like I hate it when people read book entries at me. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm not interested. Yeah. Right. Unless I specifically say. Okay, I'm not familiar with that spell. Please explain it right. to me. Um, or link it or whatever. Um, but for the most part, I want you guys to... I don't want you to say, I cast sleep. I want you to describe the casting of the spell and what you hope that it does, right? I think that that's, that would also improve immersion. And uh, you, you're right. When when you break immersion, you break immersion. It's it's kind of self-explanatory. Right. I, I think on the
0: flip side... Uh, mm-hmm. A challenge that I run into with this sort of thing is one, I don't want to I don't want to over flavor it and like, you know, go on and on and on about how my sleep spell looks when in reality, it's like oh I'm just casting sleep. Let's just freaking get on with it. Um, And we have (laughs) run into this bizarre phenomenon in our game where if you flavor before for rolling, you are <laughs>
1: like a bad destined destined
0: for failure. Yeah. That's unique to us, maybe.
1: Oh man, it's especially bad for me. Um in fact I think we started calling it pulling an Amarac or or something like that. Yeah.
0: He um, he did it first. I
1: would I would do these big like paladin denunciation spell or uh um, <laughs> yeah, <you would>. speeches <laughs> and I would say like forsooth, <laughs> thou evildoer. <laughs> And and go out and then crit roll a one. failed. It
0: was, like it was.
1: That was rough.
0: And then you stopped with, doing it and your rolls got better like immediately.
1: I don't know if the rolls got better, but they definitely didn't feel as bad. And <laughs> you know, if I rolled a one next time, I was like, yeah. Because you had the investment. You invested uh, the time in the speech. Well, and I would. I would say this for players and DMs, like when it comes to combat um, description, that's important. You should definitely do it. But keep it yeah. brief. Keep it brief. Unless it's maybe the killing blow, then maybe you could you can go a little crazy there. But for the most part, you know, you get like a sentence. Yeah. and and, and, you're done. and
0: if anything, if maybe just for the sake of keeping things moving, maybe you do just say, I cast the sleep spell and then do the math do the role, do whatever you need to do and, and then explain and it then, and then throw a little flavor in there and
1: move along. Um, right. Or the DM can decide he wants to do all of it. That's fine. I like to let players describe it. It's, it's totally yeah. cool. Just as long as they respect each other's time and don't give me a, a soliloquy to describe a uh, color spray.
0: <laughs> There's so many colors. Argent, fair. <laughs> so, ugh, God.
1: Hold on. Let me open up my Google Doc and read. I prepared two. I,
0: wa- I looked up the thesaurus entry for orange. <laughs> anyway. Um, so. Okay. What are some of the other do-nots? There are two more. The second one okay. is inside jokes or references. This also is stuff uh. like memes and just uh. just general <laughs> screwing around.
1: Let me say something that I really appreciated from our DM last night. When it was time to play, in fact, we were five minutes over. Like
0: He oh, hadn't logged in. Someone yet.
1: was about, yeah, the moment he logged in and it was time, he like we were mid-conversation and he turned on the music and he said, You find yourselves in the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not even mad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not even mad. I'm glad you did that. He did
0: that with our, uh, he did a, he, when he did solo sessions for us, uh, like this past week or two, he, he did the same thing in mine. And it was the first time I had ever experienced him doing that. And he didn't, he didn't even say hi. Hi. He just popped in. The music came on. We don't need to. And he was like, <laughs> "You remember, blah, yeah." And at first, I was like, "Well, hello to you too." <laughs> but then I was like, "Oh, I guess, I guess we're doing this,
1: all right." And yeah, he, that wasn't like a gentle immersion. He was already underwater. Then throws he you, you in the freaking
0: pool, hard, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I appreciated it. I in, liked. In it. In
0: fact, I I think that should be more of a thing because you know like for yeah. your games if 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 it's six thirty, everyone's there i
1: admit i i get a little passive aggressive and i'll let you guys talk a long time and i'll be like i'll do the teacher thing where i'm like i'll talk when you guys are ready <laughs> you know? i need i need to stop
0: any that. time now
1: any <clears throat> <laughs> like right i should just put the music on high and just literally go like well, boys and girls, welcome to another yeah. weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you know. just
0: and I, I really liked it too. It was because it it also kind of took the the um like sometimes once you start like catching up with the guys, hey, how's everything going for you, and blah blah blah, you know, and you're just waiting for the yeah. game to start. A lot of times, the conversations, as conversations tend to do. They can keep going for frickin' ever. And at some point, somebody has to say, all right, guys, uh, can we play the game? And that guy always Wait, yeah. feels like a jerk. But if the DM just jumps in, it immediately snaps everyone to, oh, yeah, that's why we're here? All right, let's, you know, game
1: faces. Let's do that. Um, yeah.
0: So that could be a good uh, a good trick to use. When it's time to start Just start and see how people react.
1: And I think that's something I can happily agree on.
0: Yeah. Right. It's uh, so a big thank you to that person in our group who did that because uh, that was a breath of fresh air.
1: And we, you know, and I think every group, you know, will not stop with the Monty Python references. Good luck with that. The, you know, even Game of Thrones references, Lord of the Rings, you know, like this stuff comes up a lot. It's funny that it's part of the culture that we all share yeah. in, right? And the, you, and it's understandable because you can't make these same references with every group. Yeah. yeah. That, that you interact with during the day. But I mean, it's time and place. You know, if you're taking a break to eat pizza, then go nuts, right? Like, and if you're, if it's 10 minutes before game start, right. go nuts, it, you know. But, you know, definitely when it's time to start, respect the DM's time and yours yeah. for that matter. Yeah.
0: So the last one I have in here, which is this is one that I think is in some ways maybe the most difficult because there's, there's not a lot that can be done about it there's some but not necessarily a ton and that's confusion and that's you know if at any point you feel like you like you maybe missed something or are just kind of thrown off mentally that can wrench you out of immersion because it throws you the player into a place where you're like, wait, I just I just simply don't understand what's going on. It's like, like when we've talked mm-hmm. about you, Adam, being in math class. And then, you know, for the longest time, you were learning these things that made sense. And then all of a sudden, they started talking crazy. <laughs> and the stuff that the teacher's saying no longer makes sense. And it mentally throws you into this very jarring place where you can't just smoothly keep paying attention, your brain is now trying to just simply make sense of what you're hearing or what's going on around you. And it stops you from feeling comfortable. And being comfortable is super, super important for immersion. If you have something that's jarring your brain loose all the time, it makes it almost impossible for you to forget that you're you and that you are this fictional character. Um, And like with you being, uh, having mentioned um, not liking, having all the front-loaded information, having a bunch of stuff thrown at you and not being able to retain all of it and then finding yourself in a place where you're like, "I, uh, I don't remember, but I feel like my character would know this stuff
1: would remember by this.
0: definition that is immersion breaking cuz you are no you are actively noticing the the difference between your character and you yourself
1: i just want to do the gentlest of pushbacks sure. here just a very sure. small thing which is just that um as a player like okay outright confusion's one thing another it's another thing if you're like i don't know exactly what's happening in this moment and I want everything described to me. Like if I, if I am giving you kind of like a story feeling like not poetic, but you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to flavor the scene Mm -hmm. and then you're like, well, what do you mean by this? Well, what do you mean by that? And like, and, and I get the sense that you're doing it because you want to strategize as optimally, not because you're truly like lost. Like, if you're lost, yes, that's fine. We can work with that. But if you're just like, um, what are the, you know, what is this and what is that and what is this thing? Now I'm over explaining and that's not what I wanted to do in the first place. Like, I wanted there to be some artisticness here. I wanted there to be some degree of mystery and ambiguity. Right. You know, and so I think we could break immersion by over analyzing. Yes.
0: Well, and and right there, the, the person who is, doing the asking is yeah is themselves are themselves breaking the immersion by thinking game mechanics or trying to gain an advantage by by having you alter the story you're telling and the way you're or rather Mm -hmm. the way you are telling your story um
1: so yeah i i i agree with your disagreement yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not even really a disagreement it's just more of a footnote perhaps but um um
0: so i also was trying to think of a few uh a few ways that a player can get themselves more immersed and i'm just gonna rattle these off quick one is just talk to your dm let them know hey i i want to get more immersed in the game Do you have any suggestions for me for things that I could do or that you might like to see for me? Because every DM or every GM is different and they will have different ideas for you. And if they are a GM who Mm -hmm. really cares about you and the game and the experience that they're trying to deliver, they will know you better than some rando podcasters trying to give you general advice they'll be able to give you specific <laughs> advice because they are very likely your friends or someone that you've spent some time with at least to the point where you're interested in asking them what can i do to get more immersed in
1: your game uh um, yeah well and some of the things where i've improved as a dm is because you or someone else as a player has asked for more yeah that's like true. I would like more immersion in this way. Like, can you find me cooler maps? Can you use music? Um, can you find, use mm. music? Can you describe battles more? Like, I feel like our battles are meaningless. I want there to be some drama, you know, like there are some things where like that feedback for it, for a DM, who's not delivering as you want to do. So in a respectful, and nice way where they, they'll improve. Yeah. Right. In fact, uh, one of our other players, like, I messaged him today, and I said, "You know, you really pushed me to be better at this, and I appreciate." Nice.
0: That. Well, I'm glad you had that so,
1: interaction with
0: him. That's really good. Yeah,
1: and I, I mean, I extend that to you too. You know, you you've in a lot of ways made me perform better. I mean, when you joined our group, our group was very this group, um, yeah, mm. this group, because we we were a group yeah. before them. But um, but when you joined this specific group that you're in now, it was it looked a little bit different. Mm. And the, the group was much more casual yeah. and less interested in deep immersion. It wasn't as interested in, you know, it, it was more into, like, the memes yeah. and stuff. And, and and eating pizza, drinking beer, killing bad guys. Like, it was much more that mm. feel. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was definitely less satisfying for me. Because I don't think it was really what right. I wanted. You know, I think that's what it was available to me at the time, but... Now that I have you and a couple of players that are like committed to role playing that I'm like, okay, I'm get, I'm working a lot harder now, but I'm also enjoying this. Well, and even
0: more. the guys that were part of the group before I got here, um, have like the way they play the game has changed. Like what, what they bring to the table is, is different now
1: um which makes me think were they just waiting for me to like tell them that this was the expectation maybe. like maybe i assumed too much you, you know, know? It, it maybe that was it on could me be.
0: but i think it's also like yeah. like you say um with suggestions and new ideas being presented that can help you elevate what you do you know and that can kind of that can go for players too like by saying hey you know, I know this is what we've been doing, but we can do better. We can do more yeah. and let's see what, you know, what more we can get out of this experience. Let's have something more meaningful. Uh,
1: By the way, I think a big reason why we wanted to do this show is because every time I would run a game, you would almost always follow up the next day or at least during mm-hmm. the next week with with an email do, giving me a full review. And I would really look forward to those. And sometimes I didn't always like what you sure. wrote. Uh, I wasn't doing my for job. The most part, I, uh,
0: always stuff you like.
1: Uh, right. But I appreciated mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? And there were a lot of things where, like, there's one key piece of advice that was a topic of a discussion today. Where it was like, I didn't feel like my character was consequential to the mm-hmm. storyline. And, uh, you know, and that was from the whole campaign, Right. right? And, you know, that what that helped create a premise for me going into this campaign, because I remember when I pitched it to you, you were you're at first you were a little Mm -hmm. hesitant and you were kind of like, I don't know, man, I don't really don't want that same experience again. And then I said, it's going to be different. It's because I I heard you and I'm going to change things and it's going to be different. Yeah. And then I think it has been different.
0: There's no doubt it has been. It has been different to a massive degree. I mean, even like we were just saying, uh, in a previous episode that, uh, like we just recently kind of leaned into act two, um, even the early sessions in act one, I started, and I don't, I don't know if I can say immediately, maybe it was immediately, but I, I don't remember that clearly. Um, But very, very shortly after beginning the campaign, definitely feeling just different vibes going, okay, this isn't about this big plot. And then these characters are just kind of shoehorned into it. It what is happening and the stuff we're dealing with and the things we're hearing about are all stemming from our characters and the things that they've done so far and it and it made a world of difference like you took that feedback as as well or better than i could have imagined you taking it and you you totally ran with it you did spectacularly and you have done so far it's terrific Bro, i appreciate that and i
1: Well, I think if uh, the biggest failure you can have as a DM is to have a player say, "My, I feel like my character didn't matter. Like, I was like, wow, (laughs) that sucks. (laughs) But it's important
0: for me. It's it's so hard. It's hard to say because like I'm sitting there going like I know this is going to suck to hear, but Mm. I also know that you care about the game and that and I know that you are talented enough to be able to take this and actually do something with it. Because there are some people out there yeah. who, if they got that kind of feedback, they go, well, I don't know what to freaking tell you. This is the best I've freaking got. And and that's okay, too. If you are a DM. Or this is what I yeah. have time for. And that if, that's, if that's all you got, that's all you got. And it's that's great.
1: Do your best. But. But you should always try to put, you know, like if you care about any medium, if you if you have a passion for any kind of hobby yeah. or activity, you know, you're always trying to push. You're always trying to yep. get better. You know, if you're into mixing drinks, you know, you, you don't just make an old fashioned and say, well, that's it. Yep. You know, that's what I'm going to be doing. You yeah. know, it's like, come on, man. There's there's a lot of stuff out
0: there. All right. I'm going to I'm going to wrap this real quick. Um, so that was, that was point number one. Talk to your GM. Um, so second point do some do some solo stuff like we've been talking a little bit about like side emails and stuff like that talk to your gm and see if you can have a few little like solo encounters and stuff maybe not to have you like level up faster than anyone but to just flesh out some experiences you know fun party split yeah little little things that'll help you kind of Reveal some things about your character, help you understand them better, maybe help you understand the setting a little better, go some places, meet some people, that sort of thing, and just help you inhabit. Yeah your character a little more
1: i think that stuff has had a, a tremendous effect it's on so
0: her. good i love them and yeah. there are some people including myself that are like freaking addicted to these emails now like so uh, <laughs> are you gonna do some more of that and people are getting ticked I off know. when when their email is hinging on someone else's response to their own email they're <laughs> like hey hurry up <laughs> i want to know what happens next <laughs> it's freaking great um uh, some of you are going to be disappointed. Uh, oh well, I'm I'm very worried. Uh, the third point is uh, <laughs> make moments for yourself within reason. So, in the game while you're playing and you're experiencing this whole thing, um, do think about what your character wants and think about their involvement with your party and try to make something cool happen. For yourself, something mm. that you are genuinely enthusiastic about, or that means something to you on a gut level, um, yeah. the the within reason caveat I put there is basically don't do it at the expense of the overall game, the overall session, the campaign, or any of your fellow players or the story be considerate of all those other things. But if you can make that Mm. cool moment for yourself while preserving all those things, do that. Um, and that'll, that'll give you, you know, it, it'll give you something else to be excited about. And when you have that raw kind of enthusiasm at that gut level, that's the kind of stuff that'll keep bringing you back.
1: You know, we had a friend who posted, like, a silly meme about, like, bad D&D players. And, like, the end of the meme said something to the effect of the player asks, uh, can I be a Skyrim? (laughs) Skyrim? But thinking about that, what you just said, I'm like, maybe there's something to that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I you know, in one of my email exchanges, someone basically said he wanted to have, like, a John Wick kind of experience, Uh right? And, like, I want to have a feel like Skyrim. I want to feel like God of War. Like, I can work with that. I yeah, know what that means. that's true. Right? That's a very clear it's, statement. And we can make that. We can make that. And that, that goes to both of the Bartle di- discussion as well as immersion. Yeah. Like, what do you want from this? Okay, if you tell me, I want Skyrim from this. Granted. Let's that's, figure that that's out.
0: That's actually a, a powerfully <laughs> clear statement. Because, like we were saying, a lot of people either the question what do you want will make you catatonic or or it'll just send you into a fit of rattling off things for about as long as this podcast episode is gone um where there's there's no end in sight for you know the kind of things that you want because you may not be sure if you can straight up say i want skyrim that's that's a very clear statement and yeah it's it's something that can
1: easily be worked with although i would have follow up questions sure
0: <laughs> so my final my final thing and this is something that full disclosure i have not really tried actively doing this myself but i kind of want to i don't know if i have the the time what with having kids and stuff to be able to do this at least as as well as i think it might but have some quiet time before your session and just really think about yourself as your character like almost meditate for even just a Mm. few minutes and, I do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it I sounds like something that you would do. That doesn't surprise me at all.
1: You know, when I, I have a long commute for my work, I will put on music that makes me think of the campaign if I am mm-hmm. DMing, or if I am playing a character, I kind of play their soundtrack in, that I have mm-hmm. for them. When when I play my Half-Orc Paladin, I will often listen to the soundtrack to Man of La Mancha. Huh.
0: Yeah, I know. Okay. Weird,
1: but but it gets me in that headspace. Yeah. You know, it gets me in that headspace.
0: Yeah. Just, you know, try to.
1: I'll I'll talk. I'll say lines in their voice. I will. Um, Yeah, because when I'm in the car and I'm driving fast and no one's around me, I can be as ridiculous as I want to be. And it can help you. Yeah. It can really help you get in that headspace. Yeah.
0: And it's. I've I've tried doing that sometimes, too. And sometimes my own self-consciousness, like, stops me. I'm like, <laughs> if I looked down and realized that, like, I had called my wife, like, butt-dialed her, and she actually picked up and was just sitting there listening, and I realized that she had been listening to me going on like this, just a ranting maniac for, like, 15 minutes... I, I, On the one hand, I feel like I'd just be shocked, <laughs> silly, and slightly mortified and go, I'm such an idiot. But on the other hand, it's kind of a beautiful, reckless abandon and just going, you know what? I'm going to pretend to be someone else who lives in this pseudo Lord of the Ringsy kind of world. And right. it's just ridiculous on the face of it. And I'm fine with that. Not only am I fine with that, I'm excited about it. And and if you
1: don't know me by now,
2: <laughs>
1: you'll never, never, never know me. Ooh.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, we're dumb. Um, <laughs> so join us next time <laughs> so that's uh you know just spend spend some time just letting yourself kind of just be the character before the game before there's a bunch of other stuff getting thrown at you where you can just kind of kind of just zen out and and really just get into that space and find out what that means to you maybe like maybe like you say Adam you know you listen to some music that gets you in that headspace or maybe you try doing a voice maybe you talk to yourself in the mirror as the character or or maybe yeah. you don't do anything maybe you just sit there you close your eyes and you think think sometimes yeah. it's all it takes um
1: writing journal writing in in character could be interesting yeah, if you, like, if you really that's like that's something writing. that I I did that a lot in uh, in college, and that that helped. Um, and if you can draw, that's the same thing, yeah. right? Like if you can sit there and think about your character and draw them, like I did, I repainted my token for my paladin, and uh, it was fun. I spent a big chunk of that day just working on it and restarting and restarting yeah. and restarting, and then. And then finally getting it like like I felt like I felt his face. Yeah. Right. Like like yeah. emotional.
0: I I um, I, re- I remember in in college when I would do so much, so much more art than I do now.
1: You do more homework for me than our actual yeah. teachers. Like I
0: I don't <laughs> I don't hardly draw at all anymore, which makes me sad to actually say out sad. loud. But yeah, um, it's hard to say. When, when I would do a drawing of my character and and the drawing would hit, because I'd do some and I'd be like, nah, just throw it out. But when when the pencil would go just where it needed to go and the result was looking down and going, that's him, it, it would it. Yeah. bring the character to a new level of clarity in your head. You're like, oh, not only... Do I know how to think about this person? But I've seen them. I know what they look like. It, you know, it's like the idea of putting a face to a name. Like, you know, you, you read about a person or you hear about a certain relative or, you know, you're in a relationship with somebody and they tell you about someone they know who's important to them, but you've never met them. And then you meet that person. You go, Oh, you are this person because you have that visual connection. It can make a massive difference in how you perceive your character. So if you can draw or if you know someone who can, who, um, who doesn't mind making a picture for you, having a, a, a good picture of your character can, can, yeah, it can do wonders for that.
1: Okay, man. Well, I'm feeling pretty immersed. I'm super immersed.
0: Super duper immersed. Um, So I think we're going to call it there.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Just one sure. final thought. The uh, secret ingredient is love. I just want to say that. It is. I, I, it always got, you know, I just feel like that needs to be a part of the, the yeah. theme now. So yeah. there you have it. I'm going to say it there. Just, you know. Care, right? care
0: about what you do care about who you are care about care who about you're, who playing, you're with. playing with that's right yeah. um, check us out on Facebook on uh, Twitter and all those things um, and uh, just all the social medias look around you'll find us um, and uh, thanks for hanging out with us until next time stay inspired